the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Mission America and may contain views and opinions that do not reflect the views of the advertisers, staff, and owners of this station. Some material may not be suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Yep, and to think, I used to be a liberal, too. These children are influenced to believe that they may be the wrong gender. People are finally getting it because the mass media has not been reporting on this accurately. It's only through conservative-leaning and Christian outlets that are actually telling the truth about the body. The books today that you're talking about, they're just much more militant, and they're targeting even younger children. Because I know that lots of people have had it up to here. They have had it up to here with this agenda, with the targeting of their children. Our past silence as the church in America has reaped these horrific consequences that we're living through now. Yep, and to think, I used to be a liberal too. This is Mission America with Linda Harvey. Because with God, all things, all things, all things are still possible. Good afternoon, friends, and welcome to Mission America Radio. I'm Linda Harvey, and I'm so very glad you've joined us this afternoon. Please visit our website at missionamerica.com. That's missionamerica.com for more information about our organization and to read news, articles, and Christian commentary on the culture. And don't forget to listen to our four-minute daily commentaries right here Monday through Friday on The Word Columbus at 1020 a.m. Eastern Time. And also be sure to check out all our resources about the culture's influence on our kids, our faith, and our freedom. And you can learn more right on our website at missionamerica.com. What are Christians to do in the current cancel culture? Now, we've talked about this many times during the past year, but let's explore it a little more today along the lines of keeping our Christian witness and not losing our focus. And we have a stellar guest whose name you may recognize to walk us through this conversation. Dr. Erwin Lutzer is pastor emeritus of the famous Moody Church in Chicago, where he served as the senior pastor for 36 years, a clear expositor of the Bible. He is a featured speaker on three radio programs that are heard on more than 1,000 outlets in the United States and around the world. Dr. Lutzer is also an award-winning author of numerous books, including One Minute After You Die, When a Nation Forgets God and Hitler's Cross, His speaking engagements include numerous Bible conferences and seminars, both domestically and internationally, and he also leads tours to Israel and the cities of the Protestant Reformation in Europe. And he's the author of a brand new, very compelling book called We Will Not Be Silenced, Responding Courageously to Our Culture's Assault on Christianity. Welcome, Dr. Lutzer, to Mission America Radio. 
thank you, Linda, and I'm so glad to be with you, and thank God for the way in which you are able to influence others, and we're all here to help us as we navigate this very interesting and uh, challenging culture. Absolutely, and your book is a great way for people to be inspired as to just how to do that. So let me just ask you a, a very obvious question. Your your title, We Will Not Be Silenced, is very bold. How did you come up with that? You know, Linda, I began to realize that the radical left in America does not believe that America can be fixed. It has to be destroyed and rebuilt on a quasi-Marxist foundation. And I know that we use the term often, but cultural Marxism says that we can bring about a Marxist country if we do it incrementally by capturing law, by capturing media, by capturing education, by voting for the right people. When I began to realize that, I show in the book how this is being applied to our history, the vilification of our Judeo-Christian heritage. Everything in America's past is illegitimate if you listen to some people talk. And then how it is applied to race, critical race theory, which I'm sure that you've spoken about many, many times, and how critical race theory keeps tearing apart everything that Jesus died to bring together, how it's applied to freedom of speech. Most people don't realize that Marxism teaches that if we have freedom of speech, then of course the capitalists will always win the argument So it's time for them to be quiet and for the oppressed to speak. And so that's why you have censorship in universities and so forth. And then one of the most interesting chapters, I think, is on how propaganda works. It intends to shape people's view of reality in such a way that even when provided with a mountain of evidence, they will not change their minds. And then I noticed at the entrance... uh, the introduction to your program, you talked about children. Well, I wrote a chapter entitled The Sexualization of Children because the intention is to break down the family. Marx taught that the nuclear family was a unit of oppression because men oppressed their wives, parents oppressed their children, took them to church. God was the ultimate oppressor. So his intention was to break all that down, and uh, we can certainly see that happening. And then I have a chapter on socialism, why it is that it eventually becomes a paradise for parasites. So that gives you an overview of the book and why I wrote it. And here's the bottom line. I've discovered that the church is silent. Sometimes it's because we don't know what to say. So every chapter ends with what the response of the church is, because I think too often we are being shamed into silence. And um, I'm very concerned that we speak, that we speak Christianly with grace seasoned with salt, but that we do speak. Yes, absolutely. And that is the one of the biggest issues today is how the church has uh, remained silent, and then the other forces have, have taken over. The foundations are being destroyed. I mean, that's essentially what you're saying. It's, it's that, that we, are, we need to reclaim the culture, but not so much that as reclaim the church. And you spend quite a bit of time on that in strengthening what remains. Tell us what you mean by that. 
Yeah, you know, as you emphasized, I wrote the book not so much to reclaim the culture. I'm not sure that we can do that at this point. I don't foresee same-sex marriage being overthrown or something like that. In a sense, we've lost the culture, but I did it to reclaim the church because the church is submitting to the culture. And here's the big question. Are we going to interpret the Bible through the lens of culture, or are we going to critique the culture through the lens of the Bible? And so often today in our woke churches, for example, you have illustrations of how the culture begins to drive the narrative. You have submission to same-sex marriage, for example, within supposedly evangelical churches, and they are doing this under a false guise of love, and they don't realize that love can be evil. Adam and Eve, when they uh, sinned in the garden, they didn't stop loving. They just started to love the wrong things, lovers of pleasure, lovers of God, lovers of money. So what we need to do is to think through all these things. Now, the chapter that you referred to, Strengthen What Remains, that's actually the last chapter of the book where I look at the words of Jesus to the church at Sardis. Sardis no longer saw the world as its enemy, so it was submitting to the culture. Jesus said, you have a reputation of being alive, but actually you're dead. And then he does go on to say, strengthen what remains. But you know, even there, Linda, he does end by saying... But there are still some of you in Sardis who have not soiled your garments, and you shall walk with me in white, for you are worthy. So often people come to me and say, you know, my church just lives in a bubble. It pretends that the culture is not changing. Everything is swirling around us, but the church does not notice. But even in those churches, there are still people who understand the gravity of what is taking place and I want to encourage them as well. Yes, it, you're absolutely right. We, we've we had a, a situation in our family where we've left a church after 19 years because uh, the essential message from the pulpit time after time was, be nice. You know, the, I could have summarized every sermon with those two words. And, you know, there's people are saying, you know, you, you do, do not have tea in the parlor when there's fire in the kitchen and you have to do something different. And the church needs to be doing something different than it's been doing. Mission America in our radio show and on our website and, and other places, we focus a lot on schools. So we could really use your advice. What can America do? concerning what you have just laid out here about what is facing us in the public schools or in the decision about schooling our children? Well, after years of studying this and knowing something about it and writing about it, I have come to the conclusion, and of course I'm speaking here in Illinois, though I tend to think that it can be applicable to all the different states in the Union, that at this point, it seems as if our schools are unredeemable. Now, Loudoun County, what happened there recently, is a great encouragement, where parents just decided we would not take it anymore. They began to expose the pornography. They, they began to expose the 
way in which critical race theory brings about hatred for children, uh, hating one another, blaming one another, shaming one another. And they began to expose that. And uh, they, of course, elected a different governor who is going to be very much pro-family and pro-parent. So maybe there is still some hope. But I have to say that because of my studies, I've been sent material from the curriculum here in Illinois, the diversity curriculum, and much of it is pornographic. Much of it is based on critical race theory, accusations, shaming, and uh, the children come confused or they come out confused, and the intention is to confuse them. They come out sexualized, and that's where we are at. Now, there's still some pockets of the country that still have a Christian memory, and there are Christian teachers, and we should support them, and they are trying to hold the line and still represent a sense of decency and tradition. But I really think that the time has come for parents to seriously ask themselves, is there some alternative to the public schools? And Mm -hmm. if you, you know, either homeschooling or faith-based schools, if not, you have to speak to your child every day and help deprogram them from what they've been learning. You have to find out every textbook that is used, everything that their teachers are telling them, and you have to stand against it because God has given us our children and we cannot take lambs and throw them into the arms and the mouths of wolves. Is there anything in Scripture about anything called diversity? And what what do we do when... The, the language is being changed. Uh, one so-called diverse, quote-unquote, segment is actually a cover for sin. Yes. You know, the Bible, the Bible has the answer to critical race theory. Now, critical race theory, which is based on Marxism, puts everybody into categories by the uh, pigment of their skin. And, uh, of course, that's where the conflict comes. It's intended to tear apart It is intended to bring about perpetual conflict without any hope. And again, I could explain in more detail how it is based on Marxism, because Marx says that it is very important that the oppressed overcome the oppressors. So the whites are the oppressors, and they have to be overcome. But think of what the Bible teaches. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 11, a shocking statement. It says, in Christ, there's neither Jew nor Greek. They had huge differences between them. There's neither bond nor free. And then it says, barbarian. My goodness, the barbarians acted barbarically. And Scythian, who were marauders kind of running throughout the country. We are all one in Christ. And what the Bible teaches is this. We bring different ethnicities, different backgrounds. We bring them to the foot of the cross. We acknowledge that we are very much the same in terms of our sinfulness, in terms of our need for redemption. And we realize that we really don't have a skin problem. We have a sin problem. Sin problem, yes, that's absolutely right. Then we ask ourselves, 
what can we do now to make things better? But we can't We're, solve it as we shout at one another across racial fences. Exactly. We are uh, coming up against our break here. We're talking today on Mission America Radio with Dr. Erwin Lutzer, famous uh, pastor of the famous Moody Church for many years and author of a great new book, We Will Not Be Silenced, and it is available on Amazon and ChristianBook.com. Don't go away. We will be right back after these messages. Today's program is pre-recorded. To learn more, log on to MissionAmerica.com. Now, here's Linda. We're having a very fascinating conversation today with Dr. Erwin Lutzer, who is a very well-known, very uh, prolific author, writer, speaker, pastor for many years at the Moody Church in Chicago, and author of a new book called We Will Not Be Silenced, Responding courageously to our culture's assault on Christianity, and it, you can find it, yeah, and, and you will love it, uh, on Amazon.com or ChristianBook.com. And Dr. Lutzer, you spend a lot of time in your book, and we talk about this quite often, about the issue of the fact that we're being led in America into socialism. Tell us what the problem is with socialism. There are an awful lot of millennials and Gen Z people out there who think, they're, oh, this socialism, it's, you know, just being nice to other people and sharing and, you know, giving to the poor and uh, so on. Uh, talk about what the problem with that is. Yeah, you know, socialism is so attractive because what could be more attractive than free uh, college, free this, free that, money, of course, build back better. But the problem is that socialists always talk about how the wealth is to be distributed. They never talk about how it is to be created. Socialism cannot create wealth. Only capitalism can. Socialism puts you into certain categories. If you have a pie and you cut it up exactly and then you give out the pieces after the pie is gone, the pie is gone. And that's why under a socialistic government, all that the government can do is to print more money because it cannot create wealth. And that's why there was a kibbutz in uh, Israel, and it uh, thought it would run according to socialist principles where everybody got paid the same. The lazy got paid just as well as the hard workers. People misused the system, and they concluded they couldn't do it because it became a paradise for parasites. Socialism cannot work. It is attractive, but ultimately it must fail. And I'll just end this about socialism by saying this, why do mice die in mousetraps? Is because they don't realize why the cheese is free. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. That's very good. You know, what, the other thing we have uh, going on so much within the Christian church um, and uh, the Christian uh, witness in America is the attempts to silence us, vilify us, mischaracterize us. And of course, we always have the problem and the challenge that we are fallen human beings. We do make mistakes. There are faults to point out, but those are exaggerated and 
what can we do in the face of that on a personal level, on a ministry level? We get that at Mission America. I'm sure you have faced some of this as well. What can we do when we have pastors that are somewhat timid about saying anything controversial because they will be called haters and bigots? How do we respond to that? Yeah, you know, as a pastor, I have never endorsed a political candidate or a political party. But as a pastor, I have frequently preached on the controlling realities of the culture. And if you do that, for example, same-sex marriage, when uh, transgenderism became popular, I spoke about that. If it's done right, you really do help the congregation. You have to recognize that there will be some pushback, but you know, that's okay. The Apostle Paul was not intimidated by that when he wrote the book of Romans and even wrote the first chapter. So sometimes it's important, well, all the time, it's important to tell the truth and be called a hater than to not give people the truth and to speak lies to them with sweet whispers of compassion. So what we need to do is to speak the truth. But to your larger question, how do we respond to the fact that we are in new territory? We are being faced with cultural intimidation, cultural and collective demonization, where you have to go along with the prevailing narratives or else you could be fired and so forth. My contention is that we have to learn from the saints that have gone before us that have experienced persecution. We have to look at the Bible and see the way in which Jesus warned us that these kinds of days were going to come about And then we have to ask ourselves, how do we help one another in the midst of this? Quick example, here in uh, Chicago, a a, um, person from Moody Church who works in the uh, school system said he was told it is not enough if you simply tolerate same-sex marriage. If you don't celebrate it, you're going to lose your job. All right, because that which is evil has to be celebrated before the revolution is complete. But anyway... Let's suppose he loses his job. Is the rest of the church going to come around him and say, look, we're going to support you through this. We're going to help you financially and in every way possible, because after all, you do have a wife and children. Are we going to do that? I think we're going to have to rethink the whole role of the church and how we operate as a body. And then we have to ask ourselves the question, are we willing to stand for truth and to take the consequences and consider it to be a badge of honor. As Mm -hmm. Jesus said, blessed are you when men revile you and persecute you and so forth for my name's sake. Great is your reward in heaven. So we're going to have to begin to think about eternity rather than just time, and we have to look at the cost that we will pay to follow Christ as something that is joyful for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. And Christ is our example here. Well, Dr. Lutzer, I so appreciate your book and what you've done over the years. And we have only about 30 seconds here. Give us your uh, title of your book again and where people can get it. Yeah, it's entitled, We Will Not Be Silenced, Responding Courageously to Our Culture's Assault on Christianity. You can go to Amazon. Christianbook.com has a special sale on the book, 
And I really do believe that it has more than 2,500 reviews on Amazon. I believe that you will be blessed and challenged. I am so blessed and challenged, and I'm sure our listeners are today by what you've presented to us. And, you know, we need these times of encouragement. We need this wisdom that you have brought with us with you today. And I just urge my listeners to pray for you, pray for this book. And each person out there, I urge you to go to your pastors and urge them to be courageous and to be the leaders that they need to be. We have to do this, you know, cordially, uh, civilly, but with great prayer and in our families, our own uh, circles of influence to do exactly what Dr. Lutzer is saying here. And just remember, friends, that we need to do our homework but read and study scripture. Do not be intimidated, but go and walk with the Lord. And remember, remember that with God, all things, all things are still possible. I hope you have a wonderful day. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.